When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hello and welcome to the Wizen World Cup Daily Podcast. India are out in front at the top of the table, the only unbeaten side left in the competition after downing New Zealand by four wickets in Dharamasala. I'm joined by Wizen India editor Adya Sharma and Katty Whitney to pick through the game. Adya, this has been a tournament without any properly close finishes so far and so I think this counts as a tight game even, even if India did spend a bit of time farting around trying to get Kohli 100 at the end. Uh, you know, it was one with two overs to spare, but only four wickets in hand. And there were times when New Zealand were properly in the game, wasn't there? Yeah, it's as close as you get to a close game. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, it obviously New Zealand were a, bit, a few runs short than they had they would have aimed for, especially how uh, Mitchell was batting, how Ravindra was batting. Um, but I think it, like from an India perspective, uh, it sort of shows that it's not a complete side. There are still things that need to be worked on. Um, unfortunately, uh, you know, Hardik Pandya is not there. That really changes the balance of the team. But all in all, I think if you just look at it, it would be it'd be happy with those those two points. Mm, yeah, I I was trying to work out Katia uh, whether like almost like who played well in this game. Like um, I was going to wrap up all the stuff that New Zealand did well and India did badly because it felt like New Zealand, you know. It felt like they batted quite well. Like they targeted Kuldeep Yadav really well. They got on top of him and he's been a brilliant bowler this tournament. India dropped a lot of catches. Uh, Daryl Mitchell made a brilliant 100. He's been fielded absolutely amazingly. Uh, there, you know, there was, India had a comedy run out. Uh, felt like the New Zealand openers beat the bat loads. Uh, and yet India won with a reasonable amount of comfort. Is it encouraging that they were pushing, that there were those holes? Or is it worrying that and ominous that they were still had a bit of distance between them and who have been the second best side in the competition even with that side mostly playing really well and with India having a few off days I guess I mean they still look pretty good right even Mm. though they this was probably their worst performance as a team and I say worst in inverted commas like their technically worst performance of the tournament and they still look pretty good when when you were saying that I was just thinking they weren't that bad were they didn't do all that did they you know when you've got Rohit coming out with the bat like that, with Shubman Gill, with Virat Kohli um, as well, near enough getting 100, it doesn't, doesn't really matter. You can afford to have those drops. You can afford to um, 
play below par sometimes if you've got all those players in the form that they're in with the game plan that they've got you know they didn't have Hardick for this game and they still looks like absolutely like the, the dominant team in the tournament that they've been so yeah I guess it probably is a, a good thing that they've been pushed because you know they 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 look like they're gonna do it at a canter if anything for the our, our peace of mind that oh they actually are really good because this is the 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 other best team in the tournament managing to push them a bit but yeah, I just don't think it really matters because they just look so good, even when they're not. Mm, yeah, for for me, Adia, it's I mean, it's it's Bumrah in particular, and also to a lesser extent, Jadeja, that means that they're almost like you just can't get on top of them as a batting side, or it feels impossible to because you have two guys there that are so so hard to hit, and especially in Bumrah's case, someone who's a real threat as well, even bowling, you know, but bowling at the hard times in the game. I mean. They were brilliant with the new ball, India. Let's let's give them that. They were really good. And, you know, it felt like a victory when New Zealand had played out Jadeja, none for 48 from 10 overs. And yet those are kind of exceptional middle overs figures in an ODI. Um, I mean, we, we have had questions on this. So, so Darshan Senthal asks, and you've been near flawless in the five, five game so far. How could the remaining teams beat them? He's got a point, right? It, it seems almost impossible, impossible at the moment, unless you've spotted a, a flaw in the game plan that no one else has. <laughs> Um, yeah, there's no obvious flaw as such. There's nothing, you know, that the team can really point out and say, okay, this is something that we're doing uh, incorrectly. But what we've seen in all these games um, so far is that there have been moments where India has been on the back foot and yet they've been able to uh, you know, bounce back from that. What teams can do is sort of maybe, first of all, I think the most important thing is target the first 10 overs. That's where Rohit Sharma, that's where the top order has had the most impact. I think that's been the biggest win for India through the tournament yet. Uh, because we know how Bumrah is. We know you know him coming back to his best. Um, that's one aspect. Uh, Jareja and Kuldi bowling in tandem is another aspect. But uh, if if uh, the way Australia managed to, they didn't have enough runs on the board. But if they managed to, if the team managed to put India on the back foot in the first 10 overs, I think that's that's really one big, uh, you know, one big area to to sort of uh, to focus on, but um, if, if you if if I might add one more point, I think it's uh, from an Indian fans' perspective, um, you know, it's okay to have these kind of wins also, um, because you don't really want to, uh, you know, just rush through the tournament um, at the top of the points table and then, um, you know, figure out all your weaknesses right at the end, which has happened too many times. So, so yeah, a scratchy win here and there is okay, I guess. Yeah, I mean, this is the first time Jadeja's had a bat in the tournament, isn't it? And he, and he looked really good, yeah. but you don't want Jadeja's first bat to be when you're, you know, 90 for five in a, in a semi-final, as, as has happened before. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, I was, I was wondering, do South Africa pose an interesting challenge to India in that they're, they're such a different side to New Zealand? New Zealand you know, they, they bat so deep, but they also, there's almost like a... a there's a specific game plan there where they're trying to get up to what they think is a, is a decent score. Whereas South Africa, will, they will go really hard. If anyone I think is going to hit Bumrah for 65 in a spell, it's South Africa somehow, or if they can get on top of Jadeja. I feel like that that's one of the ways it's got to be. I guess Indians haven't batted first. That would be another test. And I guess also it's worth saying that New Zealand, they, they could have won this game, right? Like they beat the bat a lot in those first 10 overs. If a couple of those, there was an edge that went just under Matt Mitchell's slip wasn't there. If that goes to hand, Maybe the game looks a bit different. So is maybe all hope is, is not quite lost? 
I mean, I think, I mean, we said yesterday, if, if South Africa come off, they pose a threat to, to any side in the tournament, as, as England also found out yesterday. Um, but I, I think you are right in that New Zealand's game plan, while they're really good, it did kind of play into India's strengths when they're having the kind of day that they had today. Mm. Um, it was such a New Zealand kind of total to post them as well, you know, just under 300. Um, and then back your rollers to get it done. But that's not really what beating India requires. I think you're going to have to go all out attack. You're going to have to, as Adia says, capitalize on on that power play when India are batting on that on those first few overs when Rohit and Gill are out there. Um, and that's what South Africa will do. And also with the bat, you're going to have to try and take at least one of their bowlers down. You, you just have to because they don't give you anything um, so yeah, I think South Africa of the teams they've got left to play in the tournament are probably the ones one that's most interesting. Or or now that New Zealand are kind of ticked off the list, that's the next challenger, if you like. That's the next most likely you think to beat them. Um but yeah, I mean I think you've just also kind of got to accept you're probably not gonna beat them and chuck the kitchen sink at it and see if you can, to be honest. Mm, yeah. I guess the other option is just to make it really, really foggy and hope that they just uh can't see anything as uh as happened that weird break and play in Dharmasala today. Um, a, a bit more on it from an India point of view, Adya. I mean, Mohammed Shami was, he, he was playing his first game of the tournament, was named player of the match. I don't actually know if I thought he was the best bowler. That sounds weird to say, but like the two balls that he got that two and two with were were brilliant, so fair enough. His World Cup stats are ridiculous though. Like he, uh, he's got the best average of any bowler in the World Cup ever. Uh, only Stark has more fourfers or more fivefers. Um, and yet he's not kind of a first pick in that team. It's probably worth explaining why he is in that team. Like with, with Hardik Pandya injured, uh, they brought in Surikum Yadav as a specialist bat and that meant they needed to bolster the bowling. So they left out Charles the core. Um, Siraj, obviously Bumrah has to play. Siraj is the other fast bowler and he's, he is still number one ranked bowler in the world, isn't he? And he also he had the exact same figures as Bumrah today. He had a good day, had a, an LBW decision that was just turned down, uh, off his bowling. Um, is there a decision to make over which two of him, Siraj and Shardal, to pick when Pandya is back fit? Or do they just go back to the, the tried and tested formula, do you think? I think, first of all, the confusion comes from the fact that the, that the Indian bowling um, lineup hasn't been consistent in the last few months leading up to the World Cup. Uh, Bumrah obviously was a late entry. Um, Shami, in the last two years or so, hasn't, I mean, sort of like last two, three years, actually, uh, he has been in and out in the sense like, He's been rested. There was a younger crop of players uh, bowling in the middle. There was Prasid Krishna there. Um, so injuries and rotation has sort of never given India in the last couple of years a specific bowling attack. Um, coming to this tournament, I feel there won't be a unified strategy. I feel it's going to be more match-to-match. Uh, they'll go game-by-game game based on the surface. They have, say, someone like an R. Ashwin in the team specifically for tracks that will spin more, that will turn more. And um, I think the other discussion, if Hardik Pandya is fit, is about Shardul Thakur. And I think he's sort of the most um, uh, talked about aspect of the the bowling attack, you know, what his value is in the team. Um, I I still feel that his batting is uh, is sort of more of an illusion in the sense like he isn't really... um, He's not really adding a lot of batting value at the end. But you you still feel that there is some cushion towards the end. Uh, what I feel is, um, you know, it's it's I think it's okay to sort of drop Thakur 
um, have um, uh, because if your top seven can can do what they they are capable of, I don't think you need a Thakur at the end to 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 really give yourself some batting cushion. I think just go with a, a strong uh, you know core batting and then have specialist bowlers in there. So I would say just um, when Pandya's back, you can not have Shardul, you can have um, Shami and Siraj. And then again, based on if, if the conditions are turning, then you can have I think I, I, I do see that. And obviously, I think from a fan's point of view, obviously you want to have all the really, really exciting players in there. And Shardul Thakur, obviously there's a certain appeal to him, but he's not, you know, he's not going to be cracking the stumps twice in two balls with, you know, reverse swingers at, at 140 kph or whatever but i also i weirdly do get why india pick him like um like Sh- shami maybe gets into an all-time india odi 11 and yet somehow he's not in india's odi 11 right now and he's bowling really well but firstly it's like do you actually like you, you just don't need another 10 over bowler in a way because you've got hardik pandey who has bowled brilliant in this tournament and you've got four other bankers as well so actually you do need someone just to provide a bit of relief and I think you, you even kind of saw today like okay when Coley falls and we will get to that for 95 the game is is done so it's fine but if India had needed another even like 20-25 at that point all of a sudden you're looking oh wow Shami at eight that's not great there's a chance to rush through here where like and actually this doesn't really show up in the batting stats but Charlotte the core if he comes out and he plays like a pretty calm 12 off 12 to see a side home from there that is really valuable even though you, you, you don't end up giving someone that much credit for it you know um and you, you almost see the same with new zealand as well like they've got mark chapman at number seven they don't they don't need him there but why pick the extra bowler who you're definitely not going to need rather than the batter who you are probably not going to need so i, I do i do get it even though it is weird because obviously mohammed shami slash mohammed siraj are better cricketers than charlotte the core that's just the situation that they kind of have, and, it, and it's a very, very good problem to have if the most discussed player is the <laughs> the number eight yeah. who barely bowls and uh and is very rarely to do with the bat as well. I guess it's complicated by how sort of bad India's tail is. Like, uh, you know, it's it's just a very long tail, and um, yeah, I mean, if someone like a you know in the past we've had someone like Bhuvaneshwar Kumar or Deepak Chahar who can still hold a bat and do the job that a bowling all rounder probably does. But yeah, mm. I, I guess we should talk about the Kohli 100 thing uh again the runs he needed for 100 and the Indy needed to win were pretty much equal um and again you had him turning down singles he almost like clicks up a gear when he's just inside of that 100 um starts scampering twos with this this, this crazy rapidity um we have had questions about it Adya and I figured I'd just put it to you because you wrote a piece for the Wisdom website which showed that your opinion had maybe changed since you were asked about this on the podcast after the Bangladesh game. Yeah, um, I think the reaction to, to Kohli's uh, century in that game was extreme, I feel, because India was in a comfortable position. And then we were talking about a lot of hypotheticals in, in the sense like what India's net run rate would be for a team that's already second on the points table. Um, so in that sense, I think it was a very comfortable finish in that game. So for me, what the, the reaction to Kohli's approach was, I think it was not really justified. And at, at the end of it, he also said, I mean, KL Rahul said that it was his idea, not 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 Kohli's. Um, but yeah, I think today it wasn't as comfortable. But um, 
it was still not a situation where india was stuck and um, barring that refuse single i think kohli was still very much in control of the innings so um, even today i don't think it it really was him uh, you know forgetting what the required runs are and just just going for his for his century mm. yeah i don't i don't have you for about cat yet i guess what one thing that i i don't think this is specifically a virat kohli thing in terms of india like i think it has happened to be him twice in a row but i think if any india batter were on 90 with 10 needed to win and the game pretty much sewn up i do think that whoever was in with them would be trying to give them a chance to get there right or do you not agree it's just it's just virat kohli it's so fun that it's him because everything swells around him but i think if it were kara hall or sky or gill they would be playing for that milestone whether that's right or wrong or not i don't i don't think it's a specifically kohli thing i think potentially i th- i think you're right in that the reason it's riled people up so much is more to do with the fact that it it's Kohli mm-hmm. than that it's you know the what he's doing because so many players have done that right i think the previous incident was also had the brilliant theater of obviously richard castlebrough and you know this this lacked that while it was a bit closer it lacked michael goff you know mean potential um yeah i i don't have a massive problem with it if i'm honest with you mm-hmm. as long as wides are called when they're meant to be called you know it's your 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 batting your innings your team's innings do whatever you want with it you know just don't cry when it all goes wrong mm-hmm. um and it hasn't gone wrong yet so it's all fun and games it's all fine yeah until it isn't yeah and i also think that like people were referencing that it'd been a long time since kohli had made a world cup 100 even though he'd averaged 60 in the 2019 world cup with some unbeaten 50s in there so as much people say oh you know it doesn't matter play for the team sometimes those same people are saying like oh kohli's not got a world cup 100 in a while so these things don't matter and maybe they do match a little bit but that is probably more than enough time on on a thing that really didn't affect the game at all which is almost the point of it. Uh Katia, h- how good are New Zealand? They've won four and now lost just the one, but those four were against four of the easier teams and let's let's bracket England in that. Uh they've got Australia, South Africa, Pakistan, Sri Lanka coming up. The next three games are Australia, South Africa, Pakistan. Those are all tough games and if they were to lose all three, they would be in danger, but they're probably still okay, right? Yeah, I I mean I think it's a bit a bit much to go on to say that the side who were unbeaten going into today's game might not qualify for the semi-final. Um they more than likely will. And they are very good. They are a very good side. They are the ones who've run India the closest and that that wasn't very close, but I think that says more about India than it does about New Zealand. Um yeah, they are a really good side. I I think as ever with New Zealand, their their game plan hasn't really changed for the last decade. Mm-hmm. um in ODI cricket and it's a very simple very understated way of doing things almost like opposite of in- what India do um so it's very easy to predict how they're going to go out and go about and win win their games it doesn't make it ineffective as we've seen so far in the tournament but it also feels slightly vulnerable to coming unstuck at points so as we mentioned with South Africa um being the most likely to challenge India they are also probably quite likely to challenge New Zealand by you know batting first absolutely smashing them out of the park and setting a total that New Zealand don't have the firepower i guess maybe to chase with the bat mm-hmm. um so yeah i mean they they could come unstuck at some point but they've looked pretty classy throughout the whole tournament they've got so much depth with the bat and and with the ball we discussed it yesterday like in in a world cup where so many sides are searching for balance you know and we've even started talking about it with india with this injury to to 
um Hardik, how do they bring him back possibly keep Mohammed Shami and, and find the right balance in their side that's not really a question we have with New Zealand because they are so well balanced um yeah and, and you don't go from winning your your opening three four games of the tournament I've completely lost track um to to then all of a sudden not being very good they are very good and they're still tournament contenders um yeah, they, you know, it just, they're New Zealand and, and they'll do what they'll do and they'll probably reach another final and hopefully, maybe hopefully, maybe this time they'll win it. I don't know. Mm, yeah, I guess, yeah, I'm just, I think those two games will be fascinating, especially Australia and South Africa. Just, it'll be a, yeah, a, a clash of stars and I can, I can equally see New Zealand's plan working against South Africa where a team that is, you know, getting every percentage and is really good in the field uh, and keeps their heads about them won't get rattled by that sort of attack and that could also prove really interesting um but, but that game's in a while tomorrow pakistan play afghanistan uh we're getting to do or die time for a few teams it feels like um adi you're going to be there pakistan really can't afford to lose this can they after having lost two in a row and you know afghanistan you know they beat england they could pose them a bit of an issue absolutely i think uh, it's, the chennai surface is known to have you know um, a bit of turn it's going to be the same surface that um, india played australia so, you know, you can expect a similar sort of turn um, through the day. It's going to be hot in the morning, uh, in the afternoon. So those are things to consider. I think just the surface-wise, I feel Pakistan Pakistan's spin attack comes into the game a little, um, you know, uh, it's, a little, it's a little underwhelming because um, you have someone like Ashadab who didn't play the last game. You had Usama Amir coming in and... Um, Mohammad Nawaz also hasn't done um, anything spectacular in that sense. Um, you know, in that sense, I feel Afghanistan's spin attack is on paper stronger. And that could be, um, you know, the decisive factor because we saw how um, Pakistan's batting really slowed down in the middle overs against India. Um, so I feel that could be the interesting bit. But yes, as you mentioned, Pakistan cannot afford to, to, to sort of slip uh, tomorrow. Um, they started off well, but again, they have reached a point, as it happens to them often, where um, the next day could define how they go forward in the tournament. And a, a big big game for Babarazm, I guess, who I guess there's growing pressure on him as a captain. You know, you've got various expats on cricketers saying he should step down, uh, that sort of thing. He's also just ha- not had a great tournament with the bat. And you feel that if, if Pakistan are to, to really trouble the last stages, they need him uh, fully confident and in good form. So it's just a big game for him. Um, but uh, we'll be back tomorrow to uh, to pick over the bones of that game. Um, cheers, Katia. Cheers, Adia. And, uh, and thanks for listening. Podcast Network.